Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello, and thank you for joining us. Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is an encore presentation. It's some of our best ghost stories of all time. Didn't want to leave you high and dry without an episode, so today you get some of the best real ghost stories that we've ever heard here on Real Ghost Stories Online. And feel free, if you have a real ghost story, to call it in at 855-853-4802, or of course you can always just write in to the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Enjoy today's encore presentation of Real Ghost Stories Online. Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi guys, this is Eric from Oklahoma, and I just wanted to tell you about some experiences I had uh, in the house that I used to live in when I was back in college. Um, I was finishing up moving in to the, this little blue house um, in the summer of 2000. And I was putting on the finishing touches of, I kind of got everything packed in. I think I might have spent a night or two at the place. And it was probably around 9, 10 in the morning. And I'm getting my bedroom situated. And I heard the door open. Then I heard someone walk through the kitchen, through the living room, through what was supposed to be the dining room, was kind of a area where we had a dartboard and stuff. And and I heard him, so, someone come in. I thought it was my roommate. There were just two of us living there at the time during the summer at this college town. So I heard someone come up the spiral staircase. And the upstairs was pretty small. And I had my bedroom door open, so basically I could see anyone that came up the stairway, and no one was there. So I thought that was pretty weird, and I wasn't sure if just my mind was playing tricks on me or maybe the house was settling. It was an old house. I would imagine it was probably at the time at least 50, maybe 60, 70 years old. So, you know, I this was before there was a whole lot of ghost shows and so I thought maybe it was something weird, paranormal, but there was only one occurrence. So within the first week or two I was there, I would often be up, oh, you know, early morning, early to mid-morning, and I'd be watching TV or maybe playing a video game before I had to be at work, you know, early afternoon or, or sometime later than that. And a lot of times, this happened at least twice, where it sounded like someone would walk, like open the door, take a step or two, and I looked, and no one would be there. And so really nothing other than that really happened until, oh, I'd probably been there maybe a few months. Me and two of my roommates were talking about how we thought maybe we had a ghost, and none of us really ever saw anything. There's nothing really malevolent about it, and really just... I don't even remember any stories. There were really nothing to it. But as we're talking about it, I said, I think we got a ghost. And I heard the loudest bang, one of the loudest sounds I've ever heard in my life. And the weirdest thing was there was no reverberation. You know, you would think windows would shake, you know, some of the glasses would shake that were on a table, on an end table. Um, you would think you kind of vibrate a little bit just to sound that loud. It sounded like something 
really have yourself from a pretty nice height right in the middle of us. And all three of us heard it. We all looked strange in, in the fight thing. We just stopped talking about it. We didn't really mention it until maybe four or five months later. And as just as before, I think we had actually an extra roommate. We were talking about the same thing, and this same sound happened again. Just a super loud bang. And I just don't think you can debunk it because it only happened those two times. And, and it's really weird. You know, there's no vibration. So I don't know if this is just some weird sound that was put in their head by something paranormal or what it was, but it was definitely weird. Um, just thought you guys like to hear that story. I actually just moved into a trailer that's pretty haunted this last few months, and I've got some things that happened here, and I'll probably call back about those. I love your show, and keep doing it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for uh, calling in and sharing your story with us. What do you think? I think the ghost was trying to say, ding, ding, ding. I was just going to say, I, he should put out one of the old bells, you know, like from a meat counter. Yeah. And just give it something else to make a noise with. So it's like, <laughs> I think we have a ghost. Ding, 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 ding. Ah, we have a winner. You know? Yep. That may be a little more definitive, if you will. That makes me think of the guy in the wheelchair on Breaking Bad with the dinger. <laughs> that he blows up? Yes. I think you might die. Ding, 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 ding. Gone. Um, yeah, I, I think you have an entity that was trying to make itself very well known. I'd love to hear the rest of his stories from within his, uh, his new home that he's in. Yeah. Because uh, I, I wonder if it's something that's following him around or if it just happens to be going into haunted locations. Maybe he's just sensitive to that. Or carrying a haunted object around. Could be. Yeah, I, I wonder about that sometimes where people, they go from building to building to building or home to home to home to home. And they think they're the ones that are haunted. How many times did the, how often is it that someone completely abandons all their objects and possessions when they go from home to home? Pretty rare, if ever. Well, in Oklahoma, it happens kind of <laughs> every spring. What? So, well, he said he's in Oklahoma. I'm just thinking of tornadoes blowing oh, everything away. Well, if you're a, yeah, well, if a disaster <laughs> strikes you, sure. Sorry, bad joke. But uh, but if uh, if it were to be, um, you know, just by choice, I mean, I know in Amityville, they, you know, got rid of all their stuff and, and moved. And apparently for the, mo- I don't know. George and Kathy said nothing happened after they moved. Uh, the kids say stuff continued to happen. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I don't. I wonder how often it is. It is like a physical object that's carrying you know itself that you're carrying around with you and not really knowing it. And then how do you narrow down what object it is to get rid of it? You can't. No, you can't. Slowly burn everything until well, it stops. What if it's one of those objects that you feel obligated to keep for whatever reason? Like it was either a family heirloom or it's just really old and you can't see just getting rid of it. I think if it was something that was really tormenting me and I knew it was from that object, like absolutely sure it was that object, I would get rid of it. I don't care what the hell it is. Yeah. Even if, you know, even if, I don't care what it is. If it was, if it was tormenting me, if it was just like the occasional, oh, hey, look at that. A cup moved, you know, something fairly non-invasive. Sure. Uh, I'd, I'd probably hold on to it, but it all depends what's going on. The occasional bang like that. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily yeah, need to get rid of something sentimental. But if yeah. it's like, oh, there's demons showing up in the middle of the night, making my children levitate off the bed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gone. I Whatever think, that is. I agree. I think it depends on what's going on. Yeah. 
Ghost Stories Online. Kara writes in, when I was eight, my sister, who is 10 years older, was babysitting me. She was in the kitchen fixing me some chocolate milk, and I walked into our family room towards the kitchen. I saw a young boy in what looked like short pants, suspenders, and some sort of hat reminiscent of the 1800 newsboys in our living room. I ran through the family room into the kitchen, and the boy seemed to run parallel to me from the living room into our dining area. After the dining room, there's nothing but the wall of our garage, so there was no way out. I told my sister what I had just seen, but of course she didn't believe me. She gave me my chocolate milk and tried to distract me by agreeing to play a game. So we walked back to the living room, down a hall towards her bedroom. Just as we hit the hallway, you could see into our bedroom. The closet doors in that room flew open, and everything in the very top of the closet frame came falling onto our bed. Please understand, my mother was, and still is, a clean freak. So there were not a lot of things just piled up in the top of the closet, pushing against the closet doors, in fact. The top of the closet was was rather sparse, with the exception of my board games. When the doors flew open, I dropped my chocolate milk on the carpet, and we bolted out the back door. My sister ran over to our neighbor's house, asking them to come over and check out the home. The eldest son and dad came over with their shotguns, went through the whole house, not finding anyone. During their inspection, our mom came home from work. She was not very happy. We had bothered the neighbors. and was even more upset over the big chocolate milk stain on the carpet. This was the first incident I remembered about our home. Since then, there have been several other instances of people experiencing strange things in our home. My parents built the home the year I was born in 1971. So we were the first and so far only family to live in it. It is built on top of a large rock underground. We live in western Kentucky where there are a lot of underground coal mines, and in fact, there is one about three miles behind our property. My parents wanted to be sure their home wouldn't possibly fall in due to the poor mine uh, reclamation, so they were certain to find an area that had not nor could it be mined. Many times you might hear someone walk through the house only to realize you're the only one home once your next-door neighbor was over visiting. And they heard what my mom thought was me get up, open my bedroom door as I was lying down due to a migraine, come down the living room through the dining room and expected to see me come into the kitchen. The neighbor asked how I was feeling and my mom started to say, didn't you hear Mrs. Martin? When she realized I had not yet come into the kitchen, mom got up, checked the kitchen, walked the path they thought I had taken, went to my bedroom to see that I was still asleep on the bed. I've had several experiences like that through the years. 20 years ago, my husband spent the night at my parents' house for the first time. He'd heard our various stories about the house, but was a complete skeptic of ghosts and strange happenings. He slept on the couch in our living room, which shares a wall and doorway with our family room. At about 3 a.m., he heard me and my mom arguing right next to the doorway between the living room and family rooms. He could hear my mom's voice escalate, but couldn't understand what we were saying. The next morning, as everyone was getting up, he pulled me aside and asked what the argument with my mom was about. I had never gotten up, all much less had an argument with my mom. At first, he thought I was trying to pull something over on him, trying to prove our house was haunted. But he spoke to my mom and realized there was no argument between my mother and myself in the middle of the night. He began to freak out a little. Recently, my dad passed away, but before his passing, he used to get up at 3 a.m. and take his daily shower... Then he would fix breakfast, he told me, while I had gone home for a visit last summer, that some mornings he heard what he thought was my mom getting up and turning on the TV while he was in the shower. 
When he came out of the bathroom, he discovered Mom was still asleep, the TV off, and cold. He said it happened at least twice a week, every week. He could hear men and women talking, just like might be heard in a television program. A few times, he would hear someone walking in the family area, again, to find no one there. We can't begin to understand who or what might be haunting our home, as no one has ever passed away in the home. No one had ever been buried on the property, and no other families have ever lived on the property, but something strange happens at our house on Anton Road. Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, Nikki writes in, I recently stumbled upon your podcast for looking for current information on shadow people. I sat and listened to your June 19th episode attentively while at work. I decided I'd share our story. Now, before I share our story, I feel like it's important to say, I know evil. I've lived with it. And I feel it's important for me to say I'm taking a drink of water quickly before I continue on with the story. It's another story that I'll write in about, but just to make the point before I write about this story, I do know evil and the uneasy feelings that come with living with it under our story. Up until recently, everything I knew about shadow people came with books, podcasts, even unsolved mystery episodes as a child. I don't ever recall reading anything positive. Everything I've ever come across has related them to being malevolent. They're evil entities with red eyes and ill intentions. Some wear hats, some are blobs, but never do I hear anything positive. Well, three months ago, I moved in with my boyfriend. We have a cute but dated apartment in Paddle Lake, Wisconsin. For those not familiar with the area, it's known as The County. It's a cute and quaint little town. Not very eventful, and I'm pretty sure it's one of those places where everyone knows your business. I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago, so it's a big change for me. Regardless, I like it here. Not long after we started moving in, my stuff started, and I started having encounters with our own resident shadow man. I can't sit here and explain how we know it's a man. We just do. He's a featureless, blurry oval of black. He has no hat, no glowing eyes to speak of, and for reasons that I, again, can't explain, I like to call him Hal. My first encounters with Hal were in the kitchen. I'd be in there cooking or washing dishes. My back turned to the entryway, and I'd feel a presence approaching me. At first, I'd smile and turn to kiss my boyfriend, which I assumed was coming to see what I was up to. I'd turn around to throw my arms around him, and there would be no one there. This would happen a few more times before Hal decided to let me in on the joke. Finally, one day, I'm in the kitchen washing dishes, feel someone behind me, so I turn around, and this time I see a black blur dart out of the kitchen. Now that the secret was out... The weeks that followed would have me seeing Hal walking into the bathroom, down the hall, into the children's bedrooms. My son is six, my boyfriend's daughter is eight. The kitchen, whenever I was cooking, something that intrigued him. And then one day, peering into our bedroom as we were having a serious discussion. I had just miscarried and my boyfriend was consoling me. Then, out of the blue, he looks away from me, points at the door and exclaims, Not now, we're trying to talk, go somewhere else. The kids were out of town with their respective grandparents, and so I looked up to see who he was talking to, only to see a blur rapidly disappear. I look at my boyfriend, and as I'm dying my eyes to ask, or as I'm drying my eyes to ask, you see him too? 
This led to an entirely different discussion as we began to talk about our shadow man. He'd go on to tell me that he's always been there. The kids have seen him, and he's harmless. I sat there completely shocked that here, the whole time, I was trying to stay quiet about it so no one thought I was crazy. And here, it was common knowledge in our home. Later that day, I would go on to talk to Hal. I realize they say that you never acknowledge a ghost, but Hal never made me feel uneasy, so... A talk was not only acceptable, but necessary. After all, if I was going to share my home with him, we should establish a mutual respect and understanding with one another. I sat down on the couch in our living room, looked around, waited a few minutes to see if he'd reappeared. Nothing. So I glanced around and called out, Excuse me, Mr. Shadow Man, we need to talk. No need for you to appear. All I ask is that you listen and you don't speak back because you'll freak me out. I paused a moment, then went on to speak. First of all, I'll apologize for Jay's yelling at you earlier. You see, we've been struggling to get pregnant, and you may or may not have heard me scream and cry. I miscarried. We're losing the baby we fought so hard for. We didn't mean to be short with you, but it was a private moment that we needed to have before we shared it with you or anyone else. I paused again to let Hal absorb and understand that, yes, I was talking to him. And I continued, I understand that this is just as much your home as it is ours, and I'm okay with that as long as we can come to a common place of respect and understanding. Rule number one, no bullying. We are a zero-tolerance home. No harm comes to anyone in this house. So scaring by speaking, opening or closing doors, or pulling any crazy ghostly nonsense. We are a bully and scare-free home, and I'm asking you to respect that. In turn, so long as we live here, we too will respect you. Rule number two, I see you like to go into the children's bedrooms. As we've agreed that I can't handle you talking, I will assume that you are simply checking on them. Please recall rule one and know that if you want to check on them, Jay and I are okay with that, but try to keep yourself from being seen by them. Rule number three, privacy. I want privacy when in the bathroom and when our bedroom door closes. I'm sorry, but not all things are meant to be shared. Rule four, you are living with a Greek and an Italian. There are crosses and rosaries all over this home. Don't turn them upside down nor drop them on the floor. You will be asked to leave. And finally, rule five, I can't call you the shadow man because it freaks me out. So I'm going to call you Hal because you feel like a Hal. Now, Hal, all I ask is that you respect these five simple rules and I promise you we'll get along just fine. Since our talk, Hal has continued to live and go about his business in a peaceful and respectful manner. He doesn't scare our kids, leaves everything in its place, never speaks, and we all get along just fine. When I'm home alone, I politely greet him, uh, rhetorically ask how his day had been, and reply with, I hope it's treating you well. And then I ask that he not let me see his shadow because I'm a baby when Jay isn't around. Thus far, he's obliged. We've told a few of our friends and have been given the warning of it's evil and pretending to be nice. It feeds off negative energy. But we wholeheartedly disagree. He's Greek, I'm Italian, and Irish. When we actually do fight, it's explosive. And how? Well, he hides for days. He doesn't come around when we fight, and then he waits a few days, and we see him almost peering from around corners of our home ensuring it's safe to come out. So overall, I don't think all shadow people are bad. Hal has been in my life for a little over three months now, and he's been very respectful. The funny thing about Hal is we see him most when the kids are gone. 
He goes in and out of their rooms constantly checking for them. For us, the Shadow Man isn't malevolent. He's a respectful house guest. And truthfully, I feel safe at night knowing he's around watching over us. Who needs ADT when you have hell? It almost sounds like it's kind of almost childlike. The way it is afraid of them. Yeah. And the way it keeps going in the kids' rooms, like it wants to hang out with the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a full-size shadow person that, you know... Could be a kid. And, yeah, I don't know. So it's kind of an oval shape. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could see it being just an entity of some sort that you know, resembles the shadow man or those you know, shadow people, but interesting that it it sounds like it was probably a human spirit at one point in time yeah i think so that for whatever reason is still on that property and not moving along i like how she laid down the law and she's like if you're gonna be here you gotta follow these rules sit there and reason with the shadow man real ghost stories online at 855-853-4802 hi you're on the air Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is uh, Travis from uh, Kansas City. Um, I just wanted to call in and tell a quick story. I've been uh, fairly active on the forums and stuff, and I absolutely love it. It's a great community out there, and I really appreciate what both of you guys have started and um, creating an atmosphere that we can uh, open up and tell things that... uh, a paranormal activity that others might not quite uh, want to hear or accept or listen to. So, anyway, um, I actually currently work in a hospital here in Kansas City that um, I work in the sterile processing department, in which uh, many uh, my coworkers and I have had uh, many experiences with what uh, some may call, you know, with shadow people and um, even uh, one of my co-workers uh, saw a full-figured uh, apparition walking from uh, our boss's office. He actually followed it all the way from my boss's office out the door and then uh, disappeared. But um, the story I wanted to really tell you guys about was on, uh, on the weekend, uh, our, uh, I work a, an eight-hour shift, and it's usually just me to handle the entire hospital and running uh, surgical instruments that need to be processed and cleaned and returned upstairs. And anyway, so it gets pretty busy because usually I have a crew of three, and it's just um, just me working. And so one night I was working and just working my tail end off and I get to uh, uh, I'm, ra- I'm wrapping a, a surgical set all of a sudden I started hearing sounds from um, one of the rooms attached to our department I'm like well that's weird because you know I'm just I'm by myself I'm the only one working in the department but uh, sometimes we have our environmental services people come in and um the trash and uh, things like that and anyway uh, so I thought it was one of them and so I go over into the room and I uh, I ran into a, a chill that I have never ever felt since then um, or ever before that literally chilled me to the very core of my body even 
I'd even say down into the barrel of my bones, it was so cold. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, what was that? And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm just imagining things. And so I go back to work, and uh, uh, all of a sudden I hear uh, in the corner of uh, uh, my department uh, what sounded like an old woman screaming, saying, oh, God, please help me. Oh, God, please help me. And I'm like, um, I think it's time for me to leave. So I uh, left the department and went uh, and did rounds and stuff and um, came back down, and I continued hearing sounds and, and stuff. But I, I have never uh, – that was one of the serious experiences that I've, I've ever had working there. Um, we, we've had uh, other experiences of um, – while I was working, too, my coworkers were uh, – talking across the room and they look up and I look at them and they have this puzzled expression on their face that I'm like, well, what are you looking at me weird for? And I said, and uh, they answered, well, we just saw what looked like a black crow or something literally fly right over your head from one room, from one wall across over you and then through another wall and I'm like, yeah, sure you did. Um, but uh, later on, I, I eventually did see something like that. Um, but uh, that's just a, a few of the stories that I've encountered at um, working in this uh, sterile processing department. Um, and I know hospitals are notoriously haunted. And uh, I have quite a few other stories that not necessarily happened to me, but uh, happened to friends of mine that, uh, at the same hospital. Um, anyway, uh, love your show. I have uh, a few other stories that happened to me while I was younger. But um, anyway, uh, thanks again for all you guys do, and uh, I look forward to telling you more of the stories. Have a great day. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for calling in. Okay, Tony, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think any of the equipment or the tools that he's sterilizing or, or processing could like get energy attached to them because of whatever they just went through could they be infested with a ghost well i don't want to say that um but. well i suppose if i mean if he subscribed to the theory that an object can get an entity attached to it i suppose actually that would probably be uh a perfect object to go to um you know if, if it has to have like physical contact with someone as they're passing yeah um, if that's how that works, okay, you know, uh, or you know, in, in that case, I can imagine like old antique medical tools would probably have a lot of ghosts attached with them. Uh, um, yeah, probably. but um, I, I don't know. I, I could see that being possibly the case. I mean, just the environment itself that he was in, though. Yeah. I mean, beyond the tools, you know, it would be very hard to differentiate. Well, it'd be impossible. Yeah. yeah. It'd be impossible. It just made me wonder if maybe he's going to have a higher number of things happen because of what he works with. So I could see that possibly. Okay. You know, it, it's just like it's like antiques. You know, I think if you've, uh, you're surrounded by antiques, no matter you know if you're in an old building or a new building, you know, what are the odds of having a haunting? You know, is it increase if you're in an older building surrounded by antiques or in a new building surrounded by antiques? 
I think probably an older, older building. building. Yeah. Because you have the history of the building and the and history of every single sure. thing in it. Sure. But you could still have the haunting in the new building. Sure. With the, you could. With the objects. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, interesting story. Real Ghost Stories Online. 855-853-4802. That is our phone number. Let's go to another ghost story. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, guys. This is uh, Jay from Missouri. I just, I love the show, and I wanted to call in and tell you guys my uh, ghost story that actually happened on my honeymoon. Uh, my wife and I, we... Uh, decided to stay at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which has a really dark history. It was like a cancer hospital where this guy was not a real doctor. He was accepting patients, taking their money, but he wasn't actually doing anything to them. They were just dying, and he would burn the bodies at night in the town. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff, a lot of weird stuff going on in, that, in this place that my wife and I knew about ahead of time, but we thought, well, we'll go there. Nothing's going to happen to us. You know, not a big deal. So uh, we booked our stay. We booked our stay at this place. First night, absolutely nothing happens. So no, no big deal. Second night, uh, I'm laying in bed. And in the middle of the night, I just sat straight up. And I never, ever do that. So it was really weird. It was re really weird for me to be doing that anyway. And I look down at the foot of the bed, and I just see a black figure that uh, turns and walks the width of the bed and just disappears. Uh, since, uh, so I got up, I'm a little freaked out. I get up, I go, we had a suite, so we had a second room. I went and I checked the suite, I checked the bathroom, looked around the bedroom, the bedroom area, nothing there. So I laid back down. Went back to sleep. Day, uh, the third day, uh, this happened. This next thing happened during the day. We were sitting around in the room, and uh, we had a. There was a deck in the and uh, the other room of the suite that had these really old, like fr I got French doors, I guess. I we really when we went out onto the the balcony, we had a hard time opening up the doors. And I was, I'm a big dude, and it took, it took me a lot of effort to just get these doors open. Well, we're there the third day. We're sitting around, and all of a sudden, the doors just burst open with the, a really loud crack. Doors burst open. We go. There's no wind. It, it wasn't a very windy day, we, and these doors just bust, busted open. We're like, wow, that's weird. So then I tell my wife what happened the night before. We're both of us are like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of weird. So the third night, I go out to go get some ice from, uh, for our little ice bucket. I open the door to find the ghost tour that they give uh, at the hotel standing right outside our room. So <laughs> we decided the next night we were definitely going on the ghost tour to see what was up with our room. So nothing happens the third night. Fourth night, we go on the we go on the ghost tour. Discover that somebody in our that in our room where our room was, somebody had who was building the building, fell through our room and died in the room below. And sometimes he's seen in that in the room just above his death. And the, on the balcony, apparently this building was also like a girls' dormitory at one time. And a young a young woman. And her boyfriend got up, or got into a fight on the balcony, and the girl went over the edge and fell to her death. And she's off, and sometimes seen on the balcony. So that explained the, 
balcony doors busting open a little bit. But anyway, that was our uh, that was our honeymoon experience. Like I said, I love the show, um, and keep it up. Love it, guys. Thanks. Bye. Wow, would ghosts ruin your honeymoon if paranormal activity started occurring in your suite? Wow. You know, it's funny, because we were talking about this on an episode the other night when Jenny was in here. And I think I brought something up, like, if we were in, uh, it was a Queen Mary we were talking about. And uh, I said, if we, if we stayed there and, you know, uh, something paranormal happened, would, would we stay? So, no, we'd leave right away. I kind of would think I'd want to stay uh, a little bit. I actually have a good uh, a good friend of mine who uh, who got married on the ship as well. I don't believe anything paranormal happened to them. I know they stayed there that night, but I never heard of any sort of ghostly activity happening. But, uh, haunted honeymoon. Real ghost stories online. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online if you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us. Uh, yes. Um, my name is Dwayne, and I'm from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Recently started watching or listening to the show and absolutely fell in love with it because it's nice to actually be able to have a hub to come to to listen to these things. Um, my go, you know, my go story starts off kind of young. Um, I was about, I don't know, eight, maybe nine years old. And my family growing up was uh, more of the um, super dysfunctional. My father had a temper. He liked to drink. And he uh, would occasionally, more than occasionally, I suppose, um, take it out on my mother. So we had all come home from the state fair. And things have been going great for the last couple of days. Um, this one event, something had happened at the fair between my parents that I did not know about. Um, I still don't know what occurred, but it really doesn't matter. Because when we got home, they went up to the upstairs, which at the time was off limits to me. And I stayed downstairs. And as this time period went on, I began to hear louder and louder yelling and and fighting and cursing and screaming. And um, I just, for some odd reason, ran into their bedroom. I don't know. I don't. I I didn't normally go in there, um, but this time I chose to go in there. And it was in the middle of summer, so we had the air conditioner on in there and it it did tend to be a little cooler in their room um i'm sitting on the floor just upset trying to trying to get away from the sound when the bedroom closet just opened on its own um now my first immediate thought even at eight was was there a breeze or gust? Because um, you know, uh, you know, I've seen how when you have multiple windows open, doors can open and close themselves. This stuff happens all the time. But the window right immediately beside the bed, the bedroom door, had air conditioner in it. Um, 
there couldn't have been a gust of wind to open the door. <clears throat> Coming from the, that way, it would have pushed the door to not sucked in and made like a vacuum effect and pulled it out. Um, nothing came out, nothing said anything. The door just opened on its own. I was not too inclined to stay in the room after that. Um, even though my parents were still fighting, I went to the stairs and sat midway on the stairs listening to them. So if I had to go up really quickly, if something come at me, I could get up there. Um, and to just felt safe for some reason on the steps. About another 10, 15 minutes went by and, um, I was on the stairs and, um, just kind of wanting the argument to be over with. So my parents come down there with me. Um, my dad's sister throughout my childhood was able to calm him down the most. She had a husband who was a work at a factory, um, and had uh, a bunch of keys on his key ring all the time. And anyway, he walked, you could hear, you know, the jingle, jingle, jingle. So the longer the fight went on, the more I began to just think about, come, about going down and calling him, think about going down and calling him, think about going down and calling him. Well, I can't really put a pinpoint time on how long time passed, but for no unexplained reason, I heard the back door to the house, which was the main entrance to our house at the time, open, and I heard those exact keys jingling. Um, I went down the steps, went to go talk with this gentleman so that I could tell him what was going on, so maybe he could go upstairs and help stop the fighting, and nobody was there. Uh, I was a little bit freaked out, but for some reason it didn't bother me that bad. Um, and it wasn't maybe two minutes later, our phone rang and I picked it up and it was my dad's sister. And I told her what was going on and then she sent, uh, sent that same gentleman over and he did eventually show up. So I don't know if maybe it was just uh, somebody looking after me or or what but um well anyway i'm grown up now uh, i'm a nurse i'm an emergency room nurse um and i have several more different things that have occurred between growing up and uh being a nurse and seeing a lot of stuff seeing a lot of death and then some really weird things that have occurred afterwards and i may call back later to share those stories love the show thank you all very much just keep up the good work bye we always love good hospital stories. We do. It's always interesting to hear what, what happens uh, with the occurrences when people do pass because just by the sheer amount that I'm sure folks end up seeing who work in those situations that some of those situations that, that happen that are unexplained really are quite haunting. Yeah. So what did you think of the situation there of the, the man that showed up and then was gone? You know... I don't know. I, I hate to say this, but I almost wonder if his mind was playing tricks on him. You know, almost like wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do think it's very ironic that the sister called right at the time that the that he needed, you know, them to come and help. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It may have been one of those things where it's just sending out that vibe and it got picked up. Real 
Ghost Stories Online. I have dreams where I have hair back. Oh, God, that would scare me. And it's like, oh, my God, this is awesome. I have hair, and I'm, like, trying to figure out the ways I can style it. And, like, having hair, it's just this amazing concept. And, I'm, and then all of a sudden I wake up, I'm like, damn, still no hair. Yeah. I have to do those chest hair plugs into the, uh, my no, skin. No, I still like you without <laughs> hair, I think. I, I mean, our listeners don't realize, when we met, you had almost no hair on top and just a little bit on the back, and then you gave up and started shaving all of it. But I thought I did. That was the thing. You thought you had more hair than you did? <laughs> I did. It was one of those things where I look in the mirror and I go, I look like I have hair. But then I look at myself in a picture and I'm like, God, where did my hair go? Yeah. It's that flash. It would just be weird to see you with hair. Yeah, I had it for so long, though. Anyway. 855-853-4802. Hi. Hey, Tony and Tony. This is BC Gamers from YouTube. Just driving to work. I took my kids to school. We were listening to the podcast this morning. And uh, I wanted to uh, call in and relay uh, a story that happened to me uh, as a child living in Ohio. Uh, it's kind of a running joke in my family. We talk about this thing called the fruit head man. And uh, it, 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 something that really happened to me it happened uh, actually to me and my, my older brother uh, at 1984, 1985, somewhere in that area. We were living in a little house in Akron, Ohio, on Marie Terrace. And I had this imaginary friend. And, uh, well, I, I thought it was imaginary anyway. Uh, this thing would come out of the closet. I would see the clothes move in the closet, and uh, it would come from in between whatever was hanging up. And it was, you know, it was about four foot tall. It was taller than I was. Uh, but I, I thought it was made out of fruit because of the way it looked. It had really skinny arms, skinny legs, and a real slim body in its head. I thought it was like a melon. So I, I called it Fruit Head Man. And, um... It would come out and talk to me. It came out on numerous occasions. And you got to take into account, back then I was a big fan of shows like Fraggle Rock, so in my mind, things like this could possibly exist. Uh, this thing would come out and it would ask me questions about why my mom was, you know, doing certain things and why she was, you know, uh, reciting verses to us out of the Bible. My mom used to always uh, give us a verse every night before we went to sleep. And, and that's one thing I remember this thing asking me about. Uh, but it would come out all the time, and usually, well, always, I was by myself. And uh, I called it the Fruithead Man. This thing even admitted to that. It told me that it was Fruithead, and, and that's what it was. And so I thought everything was fine. Uh, the day in particular when this story actually happened, uh, I was sitting on the, uh, the side of my bed. We had a bunk bed, me and my older brother. And uh, this thing came out of the closet I was talking to it and I was sitting on the bed my feet were hanging off the side I wasn't tall enough to actually have my feet on the ground but it was standing in front of me and talking and it seemed so whimsical it seemed it's like something out of a fairy tale this big giant head thing standing there looking at me talking to me and um, I remember like yesterday right? my older brother Joe he walked in now Joe is 18, 17 months older than I am and so this let me know I wasn't going crazy Joe walked into the room uh, when this thing was standing there talking to me. And uh, Joe came in from the, from the right corner, and the fruit head man was standing right in front of me. And Joe saw it. And uh, I had never been afraid of this thing, ever, uh, until this time. Joe saw this thing and froze and looked at it. And Joe was probably about six at the time. He looked at it, and he froze, and he immediately turned around to run for the door. Uh, now, this stuff I'm telling you, I swear to God, it's true. 
I don't care what people say. I've, I've told my friends and coworkers for years about this story. Everybody's like, yeah, right. But everybody remembers it. My brother remembers it. My mom, dad remember it. So I turned around to run for the door. Now, we had a little single-seat uh, sofa at the foot of our bed. It was at the bottom of the bed. This sofa slid, I swear, directly in front of the door. And as I was watching this, I feel like... It, I, I feel like now I was watching a movie or something because of everything happened. The sofa slid in front of the door before Joe even started, you know, to run for the door. So it was a big sofa that we couldn't move. We were little kids. Joe jumped on the sofa and started screaming for my mom. Okay, my mom and my dad were home. Now, this is a, a town hall we lived in, so we were upstairs, and we had a lock at the very top of our door. It was one of those old-school chain locks that you grab the bottom of the chain and you put it in the slot. That locked by itself, okay? I'm still sitting on the bed. I'm kind of in shock at this at this moment. This thing had, had its back turned to me at this time, and it was looking at my brother. Joe turned around on the sofa, and he put his head between his legs. He brought his knees up to his face. He wrapped his arms around his calves, and he started screaming, okay? At this time, I started to get scared for the very first time because <laughs> I started to realize that, hey, look, this thing is not supposed to be here. Something's wrong. And so I got that, you know, hair stand on the back of my neck sensation. I jumped up, and I ran past the fruit head man. I ran past him as quickly as I could. I jumped on the sofa next to my brother, and I helped him. You know, we started screaming together for my mom. Now, this thing walked up to us, and I had seen it, you know, on previous occasions, so I wasn't as afraid, afraid of it as Joe was. But it walked up to us, and it was trying to calm us down. And it, it, thinking about the way it looked now, it looked like it was fake, the way that his body was moving. It, it, it's really creepy. But it was standing in front of us, maybe about two or three feet away, and it was looking at us with intent. And it was looking at me primarily and telling me, just calm down, telling him to calm down. At this time, my mom is coming to the top of the stairs, coming towards our door. So this thing starts to back up, the fruit head man. He backed up and started to uh, go around the corner to uh, to the closet. So he went into the closet, and uh, now it's so funny uh, thinking about it. My mom started to uh, beat on the doorway, and um, she uh, hit the door really hard, and she kind of cracked it and she saw the chain at the top of the door was locked now keep in mind me and my brother were five and six years old uh, or either that or four and a half and, and six somewhere in that area and she saw this chain at the top of the door that was locked and then she saw that the, the side of this little single seat sofa was in front of the door so she started to panic she started to scream for my dad and was telling my dad that somebody had broke into our window upstairs and somebody was in our room Anyway, my dad, he's a big guy like me. He he came upstairs, and by this time, my mom was really jimmying this door, trying to get whatever, you know, was in front of it out of the way. Uh, and my dad hit the door a couple of times. He broke the chain and, and pushed the sofa out of the way. Joe turned around and, like, jumped Spring Hill Jack style into my mom's arms, and, uh, you know, I was crying too. But he was hysterical for a real long time, older brother. He, he was really traumatized by that. And... Uh, my mom came asking, what was it? And, and the only thing I, I, I would tell her is, is the fruit head, man, because to me, that's what it was. It was this thing that would come out of the closet, and uh, it would talk to me. It never harmed me. It never tried to, you know, do anything like to scare me. But when my brother saw it, that was the last time that I saw it, when my older brother saw it. And it's funny. It's kind of a running joke in my family. We talk about the fruit head, man, from time to time. My brother, he's 36. And he still remembers it now. You know, we talk about it. He's a really straight-laced guy, so I know I'm not insane. He's, and he says, yeah, Brett, you know, for that time in our life, I know that there was something crazy out there, something otherworldly, uh, you know, exists.
among the shadows. So I really want to know what you guys think about this story. I want you know to hear from the rest of the, the podcast listeners what they think this thing could have possibly been. Thanks for the opportunity to tell it. I'm happy I got a, a platform to let everybody know about this kind of stuff. This is the BC Gamer from YouTube, and I'll talk to you guys next time. I think your poor mother had her hands full with you two boys because I, the last story you told us is about a shadow man that you and your brother had to deal with, and it slammed the door, and it caught your head in the door. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Oh, man. You guys had it rough when you were little, but... Um, I'm just thinking your house had something demonic in it, and it was showing itself in a couple of different forms. There you go. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, an encore presentation of some of our best ghost stories we've ever gotten. If you have a real ghost story, you can call it into us at 855-853-4802 or write in on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And remember, if you want more bonus episodes that you can feed off of any time you want to sign up to be an EPP through our website as an extra podcast person at realghoststoriesonline.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.